We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nikhami, entrepreneur, founder, and CEO of my very own beauty brand, Carmela Cosmetics, and business consultant. This is We Are Women, Beauty Redefined, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast features different women whose names you probably recognize. You've seen them, been following them, and might even think that they've always had it together. Listen in to hear the women you know and love share their journeys with self-acceptance and self-love, discovering their unique beauty and confidence in a society that for so long has focused on exemplifying a specific beauty standard. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of red and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night on We Are Women, Beauty Redefined. Rina Shamoon is the founder and CEO of Rochester Beauty Bar in Rochester Hills, Michigan, and is well known in the beauty space as an influencer. I have known Rina for a few years now, and one of the reasons that I wanted to have her on the podcast was because I wanted to hear her perspective on beauty as a spa owner, how she incorporates the idea of loving yourself as you are with helping women with beauty treatments. Rina is the ultimate definition of beauty inside and out and left a legal career to grow her spa business rapidly from a mission-based perspective. During this interview, Rina shared how she felt insecure about her Middle Eastern looks growing up and how she tried to change them, but then ultimately what brought her to love her ethnic genes. Rina shared the moments she feels the most beautiful, how going through things made her stronger and is one of the best ways for us to grow. We spoke about how no one's life is perfect and how to embrace your self-image no matter where you come from or how different you may feel that you look from those around you. I can't wait for you to hear this authentic, deep conversation with Rina. I know that you'll learn a lot and be inspired. I can say I had a huge imagination. I had a lot. I was... I was a dreamer, still am, but I was mostly a dreamer. Very, I was a girly girl, but I was also, I also liked sports. I probably liked sports because um, I had like my crushes who'd play. So I tried to, you know, try to do what they're doing, but I was a dreamer. I was a good student. I had really good grades, but I would get in trouble for things such as I remember clearly being in fifth grade and um, paying attention to my nail polish that I had just done on myself like the night before. And my teacher um, actually caught me looking like glancing at them, admiring them while we were supposed to be reading. And uh, she actually called me out and she's like, yeah, Rena's next. And she's not paying attention. She's busy paying attention to her fingernail polish. So I'll never forget that. But like, the girly girl part has always, like, I've always been a girly girl, always loved, you know, beauty. Um, but yeah, it's just, but I still got my schoolwork done, you know, um, but I did, I, I, I dreamt a lot. I feel like I, I always, this is going to sound so cliche, but I've always, I always had this feeling that I would be more than just me. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like I don't want to say average because that's like not a nice thing to say I feel like especially nowadays because everyone's so different but I just felt like there was more like out there for me like I would accomplish something great and I still have that feeling today again it sounds so cliche and so cheesy but it's the truth like I just have this weird feeling and I tell my husband all the time 
you know, I just feel like this isn't it, you know? So, um, I've always felt that I was very into like, um, singing. I was in choir in school. I did talent shows. Uh, I kind of stopped more towards high school just because I became kind of not so social throughout high school. But um, before then, I was very social. I was kind of like, I don't want to say like the life of the party because I actually was not allowed to go. My parents were very strict. So I wasn't allowed to go to parties. You know, growing up Middle Eastern, I wasn't allowed out of the house. I was always at home. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just kind mm-hmm. of like out there, a dreamer, believer, kind of like I have, I had goals and dreams that I wanted to accomplish. And I think I'm accomplishing them now in my thirties and hopefully I'll continue doing so. But Yeah. Well, so it was one of those dreams to open up your own salon and it's, well, it's more than a salon really. It's a, it's a spa. We do like skincare services, um, laser hair removal, laser skin treatments. We have like nurses and nurse practitioner that um, and a doctor that does the injectables. That was not actually a dream as a child. However, that's more of like an adult thing. Um, I've always wanted to do beauty. I was not allowed to do anything relating to beauty when I was young. My dad was against, um, I remember fighting him in high school. They had this program that they would actually, I believe, pay for the program for like cosmetology. And you could finish like um, the program in two years instead of doing, it's kind of like co-op well, we got to do it in junior and senior year. And, um, I came home one day and I was like, Oh, I'm going to do this. I can get my cosmetology license while I'm in high school and then work while I'm going to college, like do hair and whatever makeup skin, um, while I'm taking some courses. And my dad was like, you are not like, I did not come here. So you can do this. Like, <laughs> absolutely not. Cause he thought like I would get distracted and not finish college, which I get where he was coming from you know, um, but I, so I wasn't allowed to do that. I did end up going to college. I did receive my degree and, um, I was going to go to grad school, but that's another story. What's your degree in, by the way? Political science. Oh, nothing to do with beauty at all. Or no, even. <laughs> so unless you want to, um, consider like legally blonde, I was like going that route, like the loss, the cute law student. No, I'm just joking. Um, so Actually, I worked at a law firm. I was there for 11 years and I was just um, clerking at first, kind of like a file, like assistant filing stuff. I, you know, traveled to the courts or wherever to file stuff. And um, I then like got promoted a few times and I graduated and I just, I just wasn't feeling it. Like I felt like I was just doing it for like to make my dad happy. You know, I know it meant a lot to him and I still sometimes feel bad, but I just, it just wasn't for me. Like there's so much more that I, that I'm doing now that I feel like I couldn't do going that other route. Um, but yeah, political science. And I was like this close to go to law school. Really? That's so mm-hmm. funny. So what ended up inspiring you to start your own spa? So this is, this is a great question. Cause um, I don't get to share this a lot. I would go to my dermatologist's office to get injectables, like, you know, filler, Botox. And then I met one of my um, really good friends now, who's also my medical director and she injects at, at the spa. I just would always like admire, like I'm always, I was always so interested in it. I was doing makeup at the time 
And I remember like referring so many people and like, I had so many, so many women coming to me asking like for recommendations and they trust me because I, I don't want to sound like I'm full of myself, but you know, I, I think I have a good sense of like judgment, where to go, where to get things done, who to trust. It's not just a matter of, you know, getting injected or getting a certain treatment done, even plastic surgery. Um, so I felt like I had people were trusting me and, um, even before I opened my own place, I would be referring them to other places. And I still do, you know, there's certain things that we don't offer. Um, but I would just like kind of fantasize about having my own place and how I would be different. And I remember, um, I was working at the hospital and I had, I had referred a couple of the girls over to my, um, the person who was doing my injections, not my friend, but, um, I just remember finding out there was like a, a, a special or something. It's hard to find people who are like honest, you know, and don't take advantage. So I remember like feeling taken advantage at one point and I was kind of hurt because I'm like, oh, I sent so many people to this place and it's kind of disappointing. And I just said to myself, like, if I were to ever open a place like this, I would make sure like it would be an honest place. It wouldn't be like monetary driven. You know, I know that we're all doing this. It's, it's a job, it's a career. And, you know, everyone has to have a job to make a living. And, but there's a difference between like taking advantage of someone or like not being honest, you know? So I just, I, I, I dreamt of a place that kind of was just an honest place that you can go to and feel and not have any doubts, um, that you're getting the best, the, on, the most honest treatment. And like, just, you're not taking advantage, you're not taken advantage of. And so that's kind of like how my little idea blossomed. I don't know. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. But then I had for years told my husband, I wanted to go get my like esthetician license. I want to do more. I want to be able to offer more long story, but basically just opened up a small little suite. It was like one room. It was like for one person. And then all of a sudden, before I even opened, I received all of these inquiries, like job inquiry or uh, like resumes, people looking for jobs there. And I was, I was like, you know what? I think I could do this. I can come up, you know, meet people, interview people who are talented and who have the best or the same um, ideas and the same morals, values that I share or that I have. Um, and, you know, this can be a great thing. So I just, I started interviewing and I think it was like within a month, it just kind of became something completely beyond me. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Because you know what it is? I mean, I think part of, first of all, you're very talented, but besides for Thank that, you. you really came from a mission oriented place, you know, that, that, that idea of having a place that people feel comfortable and, you know, the staff is honest and really wants to help them feel and look beautiful. And that's huge. Cause you don't see that a lot. Yeah. And I agree. Uh, I also remember this is, so I'm very, I'm, I don't want to say I'm a religious person. Everyone has their own views. I tend to, I feel like I'm a religious person. I have like a strong faith. And I just remember thinking like, God, if this happens, like I promise this is like, I will always do the right thing. Like integrity to me is everything. I think when, you know, when you go home to sleep at night, um, you know, what you, what you do for people, like, or what you don't do for people, um, I just, I need to be able to sleep at night and like knowing that everyone is safe and everyone's getting the best and I'm doing the right thing. And I also believe at the same time, I believe in like 
I'm spiritual. I also believe that what you put out there, I know it's like cliche as well, but what you put out there, what you give is what the, you know, the universe will give back. So, um, but I did make that promise that that's what like RBB would encompass like safety, integrity, honesty, honest beauty. Yeah. I, I love hope that. I don't get sued for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. Just a little backstory is that um, I'm from Michigan originally for, for our listeners. And um, I did visit you once there, but it was like a long drive because you're on the other side of, you know, I don't know how you say it, north side, whatever, south, well, east. No, it's-, it's hard to say depending on where you are, but like we're, no- yeah, we're north. I'm going to say northeast, but cl- we're Oakland County. So it's kind of right. in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a far drive. So I went there once and then I should move to New York, but even so I could tell the energy in the room was amazing. And then you have great energy and um, following you on Instagram. It's so much fun to see things and your, and your staff. Um, but, you know, here's my question. Do you, growing up as a Middle Eastern woman, um, did you ever feel like less than or self-conscious about the way you looked because you weren't white? Oh yeah. I think I was the only non, non-white in this, in my elementary school, people, people didn't know like what, you know, Chaldean was. Um, I think I was like the darkest in the school. I felt, I think so. Uh, I just always felt like out of place out of, so I went to school with great people, but yeah, I did. I felt out of place and my parents, you know, moved here when they were teenagers. Actually, I'm sorry. They were like in their early twenties. Um, my mom was in here, my mom moved here in high school, but my dad was a little bit older. Um, but it definitely, yes. I feel like it still sometimes gets to me. As you can tell, it's, there's trauma. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Growing up, I was, it was hard. There was a lot and there still is, there's a lot expected of us, um, as a middle Eastern woman, like, you know, um, you have to have a good reputation you have to do um, well at, well in school. You have to also do, you know, be a good girl um, at home, you know, take care of the house. My mom was like a super, super mom. So she worked, took care of five kids, you know, didn't do anything for herself. I feel like that, you know, you're a selfless, as a Middle Eastern woman, and I'm sure woman in general, you're expected to be selfless, Right. Like if you do something for yourself, you're selfish. So I feel like that has always been a thing. Like sometimes I feel like, like perfect example, I actually have a blowout today and I'm getting my nails done. And it was really hard for me to even like tell my husband, I think I'm going to go get, and I do it all the time. I get my nails done all the time. But that feeling is always like, am I being selfish? You know, like I could, instead of go spend time with my kids, which I spent the whole week with my kids. I had a lot of fun, but you know, it's like never enough. Yes. And it's like in my head and I'm sure like my husband's like, what's wrong with you? Like, go get your nails done. He's like, my mom said she'll take the kids. Like, go enjoy, go, go have like a lunch date with a friend. And I'm like, I just, it's hard, you know, hard to just do it. And then, um, I mean, there's more. Yeah. Just my dad was very like, protect your reputation and, you know, care what other people have to say about you. And you don't want them thinking something of you. And it's like, as an adult now, it's like, why do I care? Like, they're going to think things of me anyway, you know? And even with me being in the public eye, it's a huge thing. And I felt bad because like I was posting like makeup 
kind of stuff. And I know I hear things, you know, it being, being a middle Eastern woman, everyone, someone has something to say sadly. (laughs) Um, but it's just, you kind of have to break through it. Like you just, you can't let yourself, like if I, if I allowed it to still weigh on me, or like, if I allowed myself to still care what people have to say or think, then I wouldn't be here today, you know? For sure. For sure. I want to just go back a little bit to what you said about being like the darkest one in the school and feeling, you know, different. How did you deal with that? How did you work against those feelings of insecurity to be really confident in who you were, the way you looked? That's a great question. I just, it was hard because growing up, like everyone had blue, blue eyes and blonde hair or close enough. Right. Um, and then growing up, Britney Spears was huge. Christina Aguilera, you know, it was, yeah. so I'll be honest with you. And I've never even thought about this, but I went through a stage where I actually, my um, aunt was a hairdresser and I remember bleaching my hair blonde. Okay. Trying to fit in, always trying to change. Like I was always trying to change myself. Okay. And not just like improve myself. Cause I know I'm like in this industry, you know, tweaking things, a little bit of Botox, whatever, but right now I'm enhancing myself, not changing myself to look like someone. Whereas back then I feel like women were, yeah, lightening their hair, um, wearing colored contacts that went through that stage, sadly. Uh, (laughs) You know, I don't know what else. There's so much hair extensions, which, you know, again, it's not a, it's not, I still, I don't have hair extensions right now, but will I get them again? Yeah. Why not? Love hair extensions, but just like really, really changing yourself, you know? Um, yeah. And especially when you do something back then, it was, it was a whole Brittany, like I said, Christina Aguilera thing. That's when we grew, I grew up in the nineties, um, early two thousands. I was born in 87. So, you know, I went through that whole stage that was in, and then I'll tell you something that I know some people like frown up, you know, frown upon it or whatever. Um, so Kim Kardashian came into the public eye. And I remember, you know, knowing like what Armenian was and it's, it's similar to like Chaldeans. Um, we speak different languages, but you know, we're Middle Eastern. We have these um, big dark brown eyes, thicker eyebrows, um, thicker dark hair. And I remember thinking, oh my God, like someone who looks like me. And I know that sounds again, cliche, but it's so true yeah. because I feel like people didn't appreciate Middle Eastern women until Kim Kardashian. So when people bash her, I'm just like, man, she is doing her thing. You know, <laughs> she is like, she made it different. She made, she made like our uh, beautiful features. Not that they weren't beautiful before, you know, I, I've always admired Middle Eastern women. I think we are stunning, you know, Yeah. but it was never, I feel like people didn't appreciate our beauty until she came in and then everyone's like, Oh, I want curves. You know, like I remember my mom had these beautiful, my mom's teeny tiny and she had these curves and growing up, I'm just like, Oh, I don't want that. Like, you know, you're seeing the same thing with like the whole supermodel uh, phenomenon in in the nineties, everyone was like a stick, you know, very, very slim. And so I remember thinking about my mom and I'm like, Oh, I don't want that. And now I'm like, man, I wish I had my mom's till this day. Like she, had a beautiful, like curvy body, small waist. And it's like, Kim, Car- you know, she brought that to, like, I feel like she brought that 
Right. You know, it's so true. It's, it's funny that you, that you say this because it's a whole nother perspective of really realizing the importance of having representation of all different body types and colors and ethnicities, because if not, then you end up thinking that beauty is one way, you know, and you're right about Middle Eastern women being beautiful. Everyone, these days, everyone's trying to get darker, right? Everyone wants to get darker, bigger eyes, the almond eyes, the big lips, the, yeah. the dark thick hair. So it's so, it's crazy that you had to go through as a teenager feeling insecure mm-hmm. because it wasn't like in style. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember being, Prior to that, I remember the the moment, the first photo being uploaded, you know, prezhilton.com. Yeah. I used to go on that website. I used to sneak on it. When I used to work at the law firm, I used to sneak on and get my daily dose of uh, celebrity gossip. And Prez actually had posted a picture of Kim with Nick Lachey. By the way, I was like outraged because I was so, I love Jessica. But anyways, um, Nick, uh, her and Nick Lachey were in a picture together. And I was like, who's this beautiful woman? And I just kept clicking. And then, you know, you found out she's Robert Kardashian's daughter and blah, blah, blah. I don't want to go into like more about her, but um, I just remember that moment. I still remember it to this day, like the moment I saw her, because I was like, wow, like someone who looks like me. And I had dark brown, dark, dark brown hair at the time. And it was super long and thick. And then um, also I remember being in middle school and when, you know, Brittany and Christina Aguilera were in, I remember trying so hard. I remember thinking, I was like, 12 or 13, I was like, I felt like I was bigger because I was curvy. Um, and I wasn't like, like crazy curvy, but you know, I was getting curves and I was like, oh no, like, I want to, you know, I want that like little, um, that little slim body and I want the blonde hair. And I tried to like, and I just felt, I remember feeling really bad. I felt I had actually, I'm sure people go, a lot of people go through this, but it being a first generation, the like first born generation, wait, is that how they say it? first I think so. First generation. born generation American, yes. right? Yeah. First born generation. I can't say it. Um, <laughs> exactly. My point. So like my parents, you know, they didn't understand. They were never, they went, my mom attended high school, but it wasn't the same. Just, you know, being around kids and sometimes kids can be a little bit rough, you know? Um, and they hear things at home. And again, this is in the nineties, like things, people weren't just accepted. I was, I was different and I felt it. So I don't know. It's just, there, it was definitely a thing. I, that's why um, I'm actually really glad to see my kids in school with, you know, today it's like a variation, you know, everyone's, everyone's like mixed and everyone's accepted for the most part, you know, I haven't heard anything, but um, it just, it makes me happy to see that people feel comfortable. Like I was embarrassed to bring in my mom's like grape leaves to lunch because everyone else was having like <laughs> bologna sandwiches. And I'm like, I'm not bringing you know, even though my, all my friends die for like my yeah, American Caucasian friends die for my mom's dolma. Of course. Yeah. 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 But like any kind of Middle Eastern food, my mom would try to pack me. I'm like, I am not taking that. Don't embarrass me. Cause people would be like, what is that? You know? Right. Right. For sure. Now I'm cracking up. Cause also, I mean, it was different. It wasn't a culture thing, but my mom was like a health freak before it was cool. And I used mm-hmm. to bring in these like weird foods to school. And my friends always wanted them. Like they were like, oh, could you bring some more for me tomorrow? And like, they were all with like their bologna oh. sandwiches. <laughs> I felt so insecure about it, but yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. It's really, it's so funny because also it's like, well, we're self-conscious about, like you were so self-conscious about it and your friends were dying to have that. Yeah. So interesting. The, the mindset shifts that, you know, that happen. Cause if, if, 
if you would have just put yourself in the place of your friends, like thinking about, oh, Rina's so cool. She's bringing these delicious, you know, different sort of foods to school. You would not have felt the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're talking about perspective. Yeah. I'm sorry. Perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Perspective. So perspective, as I'm like getting older, I'm realizing more and more that that is everything. So yeah, you're right. The way that if I would have, when I've had friends over and I remember them going crazy over it and I'm just like, it's not a big deal. It's like weird. And then, um, just a few years ago, I saw one of my friends who moved to a different state buying canned like grape leaves and like, yeah. was like, Oh my God, I remember her, Rena's mom, um, having the best grape leaves. I like, I, I wish I could have some now. And like, she has to get store-bought, but like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, we're, totally. we're so blessed. We're just, I'm just, I wish I could go back in time sometimes just to kind of like appreciate things, you know? Totally. Totally. I'm with you. Yeah. It's crazy. What advice would you give to, to girls growing up if they feel insecure or different about their bodies? You know, like what, what would you tell them? What I sometimes tell my kids is like, you know, it's, I tell my boys things. I try to be very, you know, patient with them and real. I te- I treat them like they're adults because I don't hide things from them. So it could feel, it could feel brutal because I've been through it. Um, I remember moments where I was like very, very sad, you know, being, being different. Um, but it's temporary. The feeling is temporary. That's like the, probably the first thing, you know, everyone is different. Like God made what I tell my kids actually is God made us or God made them different. You know, God loves all of us and it's, it's more fun because we're all different. Being the same is boring. Yeah. And I feel like also self-love, I would have to, you know, teach them. I do. I teach my kids self-love. I don't tell them like, okay, you have to love yourself. Like, but it's just, it's in more in depth. You know what I mean? Like there's more to it. Like every day, if there's something that's going on, like I'll, you know, believe in yourself and there's more to people than the the outer beauty. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. And that's what I tell my clients. Actually, someone just before we got on this call, one of my really good clients sent me her license photos. Um, like maybe a couple of years ago before she started coming to Rochester beauty bar. And then after, and she's like, look at the glow up. And I'm like, yeah, you, you're beautiful before. And you were beautiful after, but how do you feel? Like, it's how you feel on the inside. That's what really matters. And I know it sounds again, everything is so cliche, you know, but it's, <laughs> it's true. Truth. Yeah. Like I, like sometimes, you know, and social media, social media has an impact on, especially like women, not even just children, like women my age. Like sometimes I look at social media and I'm like, oh my God, how does she get her waist that small? You know, I've tried so hard. Like I freaking work out like a maniac and I don't get that waist. But, you know, there's more to a person. And that's kind of something that we have to put, remember to try to keep in perspective. It's, you know, beauty on the outside. Okay, it's beautiful. But how you are on the inside, that's what's most important, you know? And I'm not, you know, as long as you're healthy, like that's another thing that I feel like people kind of forget about. Yeah. You know, so just be good to yourself and remember being a a good person on the inside, the outside, anyone can achieve beauty. And I'm not saying like people who go under the knife are like achieving perfection, but anyone could really go pay a certain amount and look perfect or you know all you have to do is go under the knife and make some changes but there's more to a person it's not just what's on the outside for sure for sure and I love what you said about 
things being temporary, that the feelings being temporary, because mm-hmm. it's true. You know, I speak with so many women, especially like on this podcast and through this podcast, through my brand, who as children, they felt out of place, that they felt different. And now they appreciate their beauty and the way they look so much more because it's literally temporary. And also I love what you said about that, about it being boring if we're all the same, mm-hmm. because that's so true. That's so true. Yeah. You, so that perspective is, is a great, is a great perspective shift. How, now this is going to be a funny question, but you definitely touched on this, but I would love to hear like, a, you know, the extended version is mm-hmm. how do you combine the idea of appreciating your body, loving yourself as you are with the fact that you perform like cosmetic alterations for women? So we're not changing you to another person or to, we're not changing you at all. I don't, I don't feel like we are. We're just improving or enhancing you as you. So it's not like cookie cutter, not, we're not, we don't have a cookie cutter mold that we're, you know, making mold. We're not molding everyone into the same person. It's what's right for you. So it's all customized enhancing. So I think that's kind of what, and it's, it's, that's kind of what is the difference. Um, And then also this is another conversation I had. So, you know, it's kind of difficult because when people come, you know, come into the office I don't like, how can I say this? It's how you feel that matters. It's actually, it's not like we're like making you into this, you know, I'm not taking anyone and putting them down, like having them sit down and say, okay, well, you need this, this, and this, you know, my first question to all my patients, aside from, you know, how did you hear about us? Um, I, I do ask what brings you in, you know, what, like what bothers you? And I allow the, the patient or the client to tell us, you know, to open up and tell us how they feel because we're not trying to change you. We're trying to, we're trying to help you achieve your goals, your skin goals, but not change you, just enhance yourself the way you are. Right. Yes. I love that. Yeah. The truth is I, I was on the phone with one of my nurses today saying this, like, like, we're not trying to change you. We're trying to make you feel your best, look and feel your best. And that's without, you know, making you into someone different. So I think that's very, that's a very important point to get across. We're not changing you, just, you know. Look like you, but your best self. Yes. And make you feel happy. So whatever makes you, I, my goal is for you to leave RBB the happiest that you've ever been and comfortable. Yeah. I love that. I love that how do you, you know, deal with the idea of comparison, especially because you're, you have to be on social these days, right? Especially for a visual brand, which is, you know, what you are. And even though you're beautiful and, you know, you make your clients beautiful, how do you, how do you deal with that aspect of comparison? My favorite quote is comparison is the thief of joy. And it is a hundred percent true. If you compare yourself, you are not doing yourself a favor. Everyone lives such different lives. Everyone has, you know, um, different, a different journey. So it is difficult, especially with like the appearance stuff. Like, like I said, I look at I, someone, some celebrity will post a Kim Kardashian, post a thirst trap. And I'm just like, how did she get her waist like that? You know, <laughs> it's, it's normal. Everyone does it. And it's like something that we discuss in the office a lot. Like you cannot compare yourself. You cannot bring a picture of Britney Spears from, you know, 
who, I don't know what celebrity you bring in today. I mean, a lot of people do the Kardashians. I just didn't want to bring them up again. <laughs> they do. Um, they'll bring in someone's picture and they'll be like, you know, I want this. And I have to sometimes you know, remind people, this is not realistic. There is Photoshop. There are filters. You know, they also have access to plastic surgery that we're not even aware that they're getting, you know? And so we kind of have to just, even myself, myself included, sometimes I have to like, Hey, snap out of it. You know, I have to remind myself as well. And I'm in the industry. So it's kind of, you know, I can't imagine what people go through when they're in denial. They're just like, how does she, how did she do that? I've been doing a hundred crunches a night or a minute, you know? <sighs> so it's, it's, it's a part of this, this would happen with social media or without, because people look at other people. It's like a part of, I feel like it's human nature, yeah. but we kind of have to remind ourselves that it's not real. Social media made it a lot worse because everyone is accessible. It's, you can, you can like, you know, open up your phone, Instagram's there and, you know, you see what everyone's doing, what everyone's wearing, what everyone's, you know, getting done without even knowing what they're getting done. You know, you can see like their new nose or their new waist, you know what I mean? Or their, their yeah. new BB, whatever. <laughs> so it's something that you have to kind of just remind yourself. And I remind myself all the time, like, yeah, it's not real. Um, and then other places, you know, I just, I feel like there's a, there's room, there are so many people, there's room for everyone. So, you know, sometimes too, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not achieving, I haven't achieved my goal yet. You know, the goal that I wrote, I, I write down goals and I try to like check them off, which is the weirdest thing. Cause they do come true, but sometimes they'll take longer and, you know, you can't look at other people because if you're busy looking at other people, at other people, you're, you're distracted. Yes. from achieving your goals. So that's a huge thing. Like, don't look at other people, you know, you can admire people and respect people and like be inspired by people, but don't let it bring you down or, you know, everyone achieves things different, differently and at different times. And that's just a part of life. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. That's really important to stay in that headspace of understanding that because or else you'll go crazy. And besides for the fact that half of it's fake, you know what I mean? But besides for that, um, you're right. We, everyone achieves things at different points of time. And, and in regards to looking at people whose job literally is to look as beautiful as possible and they get everything for free, you know what I mean? Yeah. You have to remember that too. But when, what are the moments that you feel the most beautiful? When my kids tell me that I'm beautiful. Uh-huh, that's that's so probably sweet. the best. Yes. <laughs> and, and my husband, sometimes I look like, man, I have my hair in like a bun and it's probably like after three steam body showers. And like, I have like his like oversized t-shirts and I just finished like washing dishes and I'm all hot and like nasty. And he's like, wow. He's like, you're so beautiful. I'm like me, <laughs> Ooh, me. And he's so sweet. And I appreciate that, but I'm just like, no way. I'm like, no, not right now. <laughs> but it's, that's, that's my, that's the most, um, that's when I feel the most beautiful when them, when the three boys, the three men tell me. It just goes to show that at the end of the day, it's the people who you're closest to that really matter and, and make a difference. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. And family is everything. So yeah. Social media. So social media, People are only posting their wins. They don't post their losses. So something to put into perspective, you never know what people are actually going through at home and or at work or wherever. 
you know, so, um, or in their business, we don't post losses. So no one gets to see them. And it, it's just really important to remember that because when you, when you see people, social media, Instagram is like a curated feed. So we, we want to post the beauty, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like an art. It's like your art page. So you're going to post whatever your heart finds to be beautiful. You're not going to post like, shoot, I fell on the stairs today. <laughs> and then my business got shut down yesterday. And then I, you know, I had a breakout. <laughs> I, I had a breakout. I got my period. I blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> and even worse things, you know? So like just something to put into perspective, you are not seeing it all. You're seeing the curated wins that people will share and the wins could be their losses could be more than their wins. Right. But they're just sharing the good part. So just something very important for the young woman. And I mean, every woman to just, and I guess man too, to remember. Those are really great points. And also, I just want to say that for our listeners who don't know this, you happen to be someone who's, and we're not, I'm not pointing fingers at any specific influencer or blogger, but you happen to be friends with a lot of them, the big ones. And you, you really know, like you're, you're, you're talking from a place of actual knowledge and, and you really know that people, you know, are posting their highlight reels and as beautiful as these people are and they're wonderful people, everyone has their days and everyone, and even if they post things that look perfect, their lives are not. Perfection doesn't exist. So yeah, a hundred percent. I follow, I'm friends with some great people. They have, you know, people who have a huge following, but even them, like no one's life is perfect. They are great people, but life happens to people. You know, we can't control. I was watching actually, my husband sends me so many, like, it's great. Um, like life quotes and like, um, inspirational motive, like inspirational videos from motivational speakers. And last night he actually had on a, an interview with Jay-Z and he loves Jay-Z. Um, <laughs> we grew up around his time, you know? Um, but he was, he had like an interview with Jay-Z and um, Kevin Hart. He was saying like things happen for like, for you, not to you. Life is not perfect. Okay. So even him, like it just, life will happen. We can't control certain things. No one can control life. So Jay-Z was saying life happens for you, not to you. And I just thought it was like a great piece of advice to share. Um, and then I've also, I've, as an adult, I've more and more, I've just come to realize with being, life not being perfect, you know, they say life, it's not what happens to you. It's like how you react to it, you know, but anyways, yeah. but it was just, I thought it was very interesting. You know, you can learn things from people who have these huge platforms and that are open, you know, but my point is like anything can happen to anyone. Like life isn't perfect for anyone. We're not perfect. And actually there's a beauty to that, you know? Yes. I mean, that's part of living life because if everything was perfect, we, we would have, there'd be no stories. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's yeah. what every TV show is based on and every Broadway show and every movie and, and life, because if there, if, if everything was perfect, then what would be the point of being here? Yeah, right. But yeah, I love that. You know, there's a quote. I love quotes and, you know, inspiring stuff. There's a quote that says something about like pain and beauty. people who've gone through the most pain. They, I wish I, I wish I remembered it word for word. People who've gone through things, I feel like they have a lot more to offer and they are more grateful for certain, like I look at things differently today than I did, you know, 
several years ago, we've went through a, several things in my, in life. Like we lost my dad out of nowhere. We lost my grandpa. Like there's just so there's a lot more. Um, and when you go through things, I feel like it makes you stronger and you don't, you don't realize it at the time you're going through things. You don't realize it. But after like, now what I do is I try to say like, wow, you know, what, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Um, I think that's so true. And I think that it makes, makes a person to who they are or supposed to be. No, I know what you mean. There is a con that, that concept of, you know, when you go through things, you just come out stronger, you come out more beautiful. There's a glow, there's an energy and aura around you because you've had to overcome it. And yeah. there are only two ways of overcome, of, of going through things. Either you unfortunately don't, or hopefully, you know, you grow from it. And that brings that really, I am a huge believer in energy and in auras. And I really believe that you could see very often, you know, people who have been through things and who, who grown just, just glow, have a glow to them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You may not know what it is. Like you might see someone and be, and wonder, you know, like, what is it about mm -hmm. them? Mm -hmm. And then you'll find out a while later, oh, that's what it is, you know? Yeah, it's kind of, it's crazy, but I feel like it has, what we've went, like what I've went through has had a huge emphasis on like what happened in the last few years of my life. So yeah, you grow, growth is something that comes from um, the imperfections, the struggles and tragedies. So it definitely helps shape a person and turn them into the person to a beautiful, like usually a beautiful person, you know, it could either kill you or make you stronger. Like they say. Yeah, for sure. So I, I choose to make it, allow it to make <laughs> me stronger, but, um, everyone's different, but yeah. Um, everyone goes through struggles. So totally a hundred percent. Yeah. So Rena, if you had one message to give over to the next generation of women, what would that message be? I would say, go for it. Whatever your heart desires, whatever you want to do in life, go for it. Don't let someone's opinion uh, constrain you from going after your dreams and your vision, your goals. Anything is possible. Um, reach for the stars and don't give up. You know, sometimes we actually, the, everything that we're talking about, we talk, my husband and I stay up late all the time and we just talk about like life in general. Mm -hmm. And I told him this too. I said like, don't, you know, I grew up, you know, we talked about this as a female, Middle Eastern, you know, first generation born. I grew up caring what other people thought about me and what they had to say. It's when you do that, you're holding yourself back. And it's, I think it's very important, especially for females to just go for it. Don't let anyone tell you or make you feel otherwise. Totally. Cause you're always going to have those people who get offer unsolicited advice, especially the ones who have no idea what they're talking about. And they're the ones who like are doing, they're not doing better. They're not doing much, you know, people who have time. Like I would never sit there and tell someone that they can't do something, you know, or like, I just can't imagine being that person or like even those people, sorry, I have to go to that. I don't get so much of this, but it happens. You know, they're mean comments on social media. It's like leaving a post it's like, why, what kind of energy and time do you have on your hands to 
like for you to think it's okay to comment like a hateful something hateful on some under someone's photo or video or whatever on social media like kind of like that like don't let anything the people who are telling you not to do it they're the ones who are insecure and they're afraid because you have a spark to you and they see it and so just like you just gotta go for it it's temporary the feelings are temporary fear is normal fear is good if you're feeling fear I've learned, this is like so weird, but my life, I feel like has changed so much to the point where I look at things from the outside. And sometimes I'm like, I'm going to do this because it does make me nervous. Like I was super nervous. I'm not the best speaker. I I'm umming and mm, like, you know, I'm always like public speaking is not my forte, but here we are. My husband's like, Oh, you're going to do it. I'm like, yeah, like I want to, you know, it's something that scares me. So I'm going to do it. Yeah, you know, yes, totally. Because, like, otherwise, you're just stagnant. Staying, yeah, totally. I'm the same way. I try to do that too. Yeah, and even like you have anxiety, your heart's pounding, but you do it, and then after you feel amazing because mm-hmm. you know you can. It was just something new and something out of your comfort zone. But right. I mean, look at this. You were fantastic. Seriously. I mean, thank you. So are you. Thank you for choosing me. <laughs> Thanks. No, my pleasure. Oh, actually, I wanted to add another, another thing, another, another piece of advice. Stay humble. That's like another thing. You just got to stay humble because if you are, if you feel like you're at the top, then you're not going to, you're not going to continue to grow. You know what I mean? Like, you know, being like, okay, I don't know everything. I'm, I have people, I follow people on social media who are doing amazing. And like, I'm constantly learning from other people in the industry and seeing like what they do. I'm not better than anyone. So I having that open mindset is allowing me to continue growing and learning from other people because we don't know everything. So that's like a huge piece of advice. Yes, for sure. And also at the end of the day, you have to remember that people are people are people. I don't care if you're, okay, we were talking about Kim Kardashian. So I'll just use her as an example. She yeah. is human. At the end of the day, she is human, just mm-hmm. like you. Just because most of the world knows who she is does not mean that she's any better or on a pedestal, you know, and it's really important to remember that because we live in a society that's so focused on the celebrities mm-hmm. and status relating to fame and fortune that sometimes people forget, you know, that, and, and they start believing less in themselves or the people around them because they haven't reached that, you know, expect society's ideal of whatever, you know? Yeah. So it's just important to remember I agree. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? They can follow me on my Instagram page. It's at Rena Shamoon, uh, R-E-N-A-S-H-A-M-O-O-N. That's my Instagram. And they can also, if you want to follow Rochester Beauty Bar, we follow, we post a lot of our before and afters and a lot of like skincare advice, beauty advice. It's at Rochester Beauty Bar. That's the tag. Um, and they can feel free to like DM make an appointment. You guys can give us a call. And Rena is based in Michigan for yep. anyone um, who loved to make an appointment with her. So either if you're visiting Michigan or if you live there, definitely hit her up. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rena. This was so wonderful and fun. Thank you. you. I had a blast. Call me whenever you want. <laughs>
That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 